Welcome to Off the Clock Conversations with Lily and Lauren. I'm Lily. And I'm Lauren. We are two therapists here to share some hopefully helpful insights into therapy, life, and everything in between. On today's episode, we'll be talking about feeling insecure, having insecurities, and how to manage them. We've been told for legal purposes, we need to remind all viewers and listeners that these are only conversations that are happening off the clock. If you're in need of therapy and psychological services, we or someone we know would be happy to meet with you on the clock. Let's first say, why did we decide to bring up this conversation of insecurity? You know, I would say it's because we both walked into this room today and we were like, overflowing with our own insecurity yeah that's actually very true literally overflowing (laughs) why do we have insecurities what are insecurities they're the things that we are afraid that we they're the flaws that we're afraid that we have Hmm. and we have them this is i think it goes along along the same lines as shame where it's a community-based emotion, right? We want to remain in the community. And if we were, let's say, maybe a few hundred thousand years ago where we were in more of a survival system, yeah, it would matter a lot more what other people thought. Because if we got excommunicated from our community, there wouldn't be any possibility of surviving. Yeah. But now... If I say something stupid at a book club meeting, there are about 700 other book clubs that probably would invite me in. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't really matter as much, but the stakes are still feel so high. And so of course it's about the way that we perceive ourselves and we, the way that we think other people perceive us. Yeah. And I, I love, cause I, I actually, I love that you say that cause I never really thought about it as a community kind of thing. The way I've always seen it is it's our cognitive distortion. Mm-hmm. It's our distorted thinking that tend to come from like childhood and, and things that people have said. Like, example, I'm someone that has ADHD. So in school, like I was very good at sports. I was really good at pulling pranks on people. I was really good at finding ways not to be bored. Um, not really the best at studying and actually putting in the work. So the amount of times of like, you can't do this, you're not going to get a pass, you're not smart enough, you're not X, Y, and Z. Those distortions still are insecurities of me. Yeah, of course. I think that they are built just from such a young age. And how did you know that you should feel insecure about those things? What happened? What went down? Um, I think because I was failing or I wasn't keeping up with what people were telling me I Mm -hmm. needed to keep up with. Yes. And then as I started getting older and as I started doing other things, I like the thought you're not smart enough. I hate, and I know this is like a normal thing for therapists. We hate writing our notes. Mm-hmm. Our notes are like the death of us. And, and, and I hate writing them because I am so insecure about how I write mm-hmm. in English and if it even makes sense and if I'm smart enough, if I'm mm-hmm. even coming out smart and all of that stuff is happening while you're trying to put something to words. Mm-hmm. And so how much harder is it to put something to words? For Ridiculous. You? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just totally, it makes everything so much harder. Yeah. And that's one of the things that 
happens over time is that we carry with us this thing that we were told probably many times when you were younger. Mm-hmm. You're not trying hard enough. I feel like that's a big one for people with ADHD of being told you're not trying, even though it's just that, no, this just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And so getting those messages, those becoming, starting to take on the aspects of your invalidating environment. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you look at yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's every step you take. And the funny thing is this is, a, it's like, I, I'm a cognitive behavioral dialectical behavioral therapist. So like I use my skills as if it's like my life, like I, it's my daily routine mm-hmm. and the amount of times as I'm walking and I notice myself, like something happens and I'm like, see, see, my distortion is right. And then I have to be like, okay, stop, breathe. <laughs> Can we for a second, (laughs) can we not, can we ask some questions before we say that thing that you just saw that Mm -hmm. you assume that would match your distorted thinking is the the thing that's going to actually like prove that your distorted thinking is fact. Your distorted thinking is a fact and it's so difficult to even admit that because it feels, it feels right. Yeah. Every time. It feels like because your brain is producing this thought, it's the first thing that comes to it. Mm -hmm. Anything else just feels wrong. It feels like you're just lying to yourself. You're selling yourself a sea of lies about who you really are. You're lying to yourself. It's bullshit. Yeah. And so those challenges in the moment are really hard to accept as true, as fact. Yeah. And this is something I think about this a lot because I would say most of my insecurity, I think, comes out a little bit more socially mm. of being, you know, and this is probably coming from stemming from being someone who runs anxious. I'm sure it was hard to tell Lily over these past 10 years. I never knew. You? <laughs> yeah, me. You experience the emotion <laughs> of anxiety more often than me? <laughs> what? It's a wild thought. Um, but I, I feel like when... I'm entering into a social situation that I definitely have a thought I'm awkward. Mm. This is going to be weird. I'm going to say something weird. And of course, the more that I think that the harder it gets to actually be present. Yeah. Which is why you're having trouble writing notes and I'm having trouble having a conversation. Yeah. And those are the big ways that it just starts to interfere on a daily basis. And it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, yeah, I am being weird because I haven't said anything in 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's coffee with one other person. <laughs> it's like silence for 35 minutes. Everyone's just staring at the sky. And, and, and this is the thing because it's, we, I talk about it with clients all the time. Because clients do always come to tell me, they're like, if I don't believe it, what am I supposed to do if I don't believe it? Or even with like the situation of socially, like having these thoughts and these Mm -hmm. insecurities pop up. Right. And then of course, when you have the thought I'm awkward, you are going to experience anxiety and it's normal because you're literally kind of like, I'm awkward. I'm going to get judged. Mm -hmm. I'm awkward. I'm not going to get fit in. So your anxiety is kind of like, it goes from like two to like four. And then you're like, okay, Lauren, don't be awkward. And then you're like, okay, now I'm at a six because I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know how to fuck not to do. Like, I am me. <laughs> and if I'm judging myself to be awkward, 
So now the, the anxiety is getting worse. So we, and to challenge it in that moment and to challenge it with something you believe, it's not, I, I don't, I always tell my clients, I don't recommend doing that. I recommend taking that deep breath and be awkward. Mm -hmm. push yourself to just do it just say what you have to say do what you have to do and the reality is like every time i've i've enjoyed you socially very much and i will say at our engagement party and this is just to validate you adriel literally was like lauren's really cool and i was like did oh. she say something sarcastically dark and funny he's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think your conversation was about the bathroom. The time. I don't know why. I always, yeah, it's always, it's never too far from the surface. Some of my GI problems, <laughs> but I think that's the opposite action, and and that's the piece where you don't end up being what you think you are. And yes. we are waiting to find something that makes us believe that we are the opposite of our distortion, and the only way to do it is to act the opposite. Exactly. And this is something that I've seen. I find that my anxiety tends to get worse and worse when I'm in a larger group. Well, and yeah. I think it's just like the more people, the more opportunities for people to, for my awkwardness to be exposed to everybody. Mm -hmm. And so a while back, and this was, this was probably when I lived out here, like, you know, when I, when we were working at Clearview together, I was taking this dance class and all of everyone knew each other and everyone was kind of catching up. And so everyone went around the room and said what was going on in their life. And I swear every single person had gotten engaged, married, or had a child. Mm -hmm. And I was deeply single <laughs> and I couldn't think of anything to say. So I thought I was going to be funny, which is always the start of something. <laughs> Always the start of something bad. So that's what you think. I think it's the start of something amazing. <laughs> it depends on the audience. So everyone, people go around, they're like, I'm like Alicia and I, you know, just had a baby. And I'm like, hey guys, I'm Lauren. Um, I saved 30% um, on car insurance by switching to Geico. <laughs> and <laughs> nobody laughed. <laughs> I don't know, but I thought it was so funny. I think it is. <laughs> and I, oh my god, I'm gonna use that the next time I have to, I have to be in a meeting. Oh my god, the next marketing meeting. Yeah, the next marketing the meeting. Yeah, just going around, and I just felt so uncomfortable. And then for the rest of the class, I was trying to overcompensate by saying things that I thought were normal. <laughs> And you know if you're trying so hard to do something that you're going to do it wrong. wrong. Yes. Because, and everything's going to come out wrong. Mm -hmm. You're going to be like, oh, I like, instead of being like, oh, I really like your like outfit, you're going to be like, I really like your body. <laughs> and it's just going to make everyone uncomfortable. Your boobs look phenomenal <laughs> in that. Yes. And it was just, it didn't work. And I think back to that moment and I think I was really misunderstood. That was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. But it happens where sometimes I, sometimes, of course, we're going to miss the mark. And it, it wasn't the right audience. No, um, it was not. I think that's the, the funniest thing I've heard in a very long time. <laughs> and I think that's the piece where, because 
we are so insecure, we will take that audience and say, see, I am awkward. Mm -hmm. Instead of walking out and like you call your best friend and you're like, oh my God, guess what just fucking happened to me? <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, that was fucking hilarious. Or they're like, this is hilarious. And you're like, yeah, but I'm awkward. Yeah. And it's so interesting because the way that you just said that, it's like, it's the difference between coming at that situation and saying, there's something about this situation that didn't fit me. Yeah. Rather than I don't fit situations. Yes. And so when you walk outside, when I walked outside and I called somebody, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm hilarious. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to hear this. I was like, I just did the most embarrassing thing. Yes. And it's reinforcing in my mind the whole way through. See, you really can't do this. Yeah. And you're already, ex you're experiencing shame. And to be fair, if we're going down the route of justifying or unjustifying shame in that situation, that social setting didn't approve of you. Yeah. So I guess in a sense you can say, well, shame means if the social setting isn't really approving of something you do, you get embarrassed, you feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you, that's the piece of the way you take a step back and you're like, does this social setting matter or does my social setting matter? Mm -hmm. because if it, my social setting matters and no feeling ashamed is not justified. Yes. I didn't do an embarrassing thing. And when I tell my social setting, they're going to die of laughter. Yeah. And also then in my mind, and I don't know, but for me, I'd be like, well, they should be embarrassed that they didn't even get this joke. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I don't understand. Yes. How would you not even get that joke? We, I, I disapprove of you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the difference, right? Like what, depending on how our mind is oriented. And in that moment, when you're feeling that immediate shame response, you're going to a different kind of state of emotional intensity. Mm. So all of a sudden I can, disregard any other information. And a lot of this reminds me of schema bias, Yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. I have this self schema that I'm awkward, that I'm socially anxious. And only one of those things is true. Yeah. I am socially anxious. I have more anxiety in those settings. But so when I get feedback that nobody laughed at my joke, it's going to feed that belief in myself that I'm awkward. Mm -hmm. But if I had a different self schema, which was just that, you know, I'm maybe my sense of humor is not for everybody, yeah. but it is for some people mm -hmm. that instead of taking that as some sort of confirmation, I'm going to take it as just another piece of information among many. Yeah. And then also if that's kind of the other thing that I talk to clients about, like with these types of circumstances and like that tells you who your social setting is going to become. Yes. Because you want to choose a social setting that you can feel comfortable being yourself in. And if you're in a social setting where you are like, I can't, like, I, I'm doing you wrong. I'm doing you wrong. My, my insecurities are getting higher, going higher and going higher. Then that's not the right social setting for your best self and yes. most authentic self to come out. Now, we all have something we're always going to have to work on. We are humans. Mm -hmm. We are flawed. We are mammals. We do not. We're not the smartest sometimes. And when we reacted to our past or to our emotions, we, we always got to change. We always got to work on ourselves. And being your authentic self gives you the right space to start. People can tell you this one thing, this tiny little mm -hmm. thing, that's what we got to work on. Yeah. That's how we grow. And I think that growth can't be achieved when we're so fearful of making mistakes. Yes. 
And that's part of the problem is that instead of our brains like alerting us to, oh, this is something I want to work on, mm-hmm. it's basically stopping us from moving forward. And so when the cost of failure becomes too high, we just end up paralyzed yeah. in a moment. And so when you're thinking about how to actually achieve that growth, what comes up for you? I get excited actually. I think I'm, I, but I've always, and I've always been the person in my life that like the growth, me looking at myself and growing has mm-hmm. been like the most fun thing to do. Always. When anyone would always say like, okay, start doing this. I, like you need to do this a little mm-hmm. more. And I think it's probably because I played basketball from such a young age. Yeah that I was constantly like coached on how to do something and then I would do it and then I'd get results from it because I would like dribble differently and I'd be like, holy shit, I can like cross you and five other people. <laughs> okay, coach, what else do I need to do? <laughs> like, and that kind of just started go moving on in my life. So every single day, and this is the funny thing is when my fiance and I talk, I'm always like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And even for our anniversary, I remember our first anniversary of dating, Alina Gorgorian called and she was like, oh my God, what are you guys going to do for your anniversary? This is so exciting. And I was like, I really want to sit down and look at all the things that went wrong this last year. (laughs) And she was like, oh dear, no, no, that's not how you're celebrating your anniversary. This is not like... Like, I love this idea for for a day that's not your anniversary. Um, but yes. I think for me, when we talk about me, like change within myself, I get excited because I'm like a better version of me. And I say this often, I, I end up going to bed with myself every single night. So mm-hmm. me being able to sleep with a more happy version of myself that I'm proud of, that I love, looking at changing myself not changing myself to please another person though yes that is the place where if someone comes to me and this has happened where people are like you need to change the way you talk Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay let me think on that no i I don't have an issue with that Mm -hmm. now if someone comes to me and it's this is the thing if someone comes to me and says something that ignites an insecurity yes and they're like, you need to change, like one of my insecurities, like you're not smart enough. Mm-hmm. You need to change being smarter. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like, okay, like that just ignited an immense insecurity in me. And I hear that. I've been wanting to do that. I have been doing that. And also, I don't like that you ignited mm-hmm. a big insecurity in me. So I'm going to take a break from you. Yeah. And I'm going to think on this and there might be some truth to it. So if I take a break from you and I see the truth to it, I'll come back and I'll apologize and Mm -hmm. and I'll come around. But if I take a break and I'm like, Lily, that's not, that's not a fact. Mm -hmm. That's a cognitive distortion. Then at that point, I'm going to end that relationship because you are now just picking at my insecurity. Mm -hmm. And that could be so hard, especially like when, when one of your true insecurities is activated, mm-hmm. because if it's something that doesn't actually match your own experience, it's very different. Yeah. But if, if it's something that you've been feeling really, really insecure about for a long time, it's going to feel a lot different. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about 
times that you've actually made changes and gotten traction on the things that you feel insecure about? Mm-hmm. Is anything like come up of like, this is like how I achieved that? So I was the clinical director of a program, mm-hmm. as you know, and I left to start my private practice. And then I opened my skills application outpatient program and the office rental space. And my insecurity yeah. about not smart enough, mm-hmm. nonstop, as I was like building and thinking and doing like getting the professional corporation, getting the mm-hmm. LLC, going to the bank account, dealing about dealing with like taxes. You're not smart enough. How are you going to deal with mm-hmm. taxes? It's like, okay, taxes, you hand it to the tax guy yeah. and whatever he tells you, you do. No, like, we're smart enough to hire an accountant. <laughs> the, the podcast. <laughs> and I think that's where I had to keep pushing past. And thankfully, I have a fiance that is able to kind of be like, that's your, like, mm-hmm. push past that. No. Um, but I had to keep pushing past each step of the way. But I will say it was painful. Mm-hmm. It was scary, still is. Um, it was, and, and then it was a lot more. But I was able to the the day that I kind of opened, and the day I had my first renter for the office, and I still with the skills application. I'm getting a lot of calls, but I'm waiting for the group to start. That was the day where I was like, "Oh, you're nuts." Mm-hmm dumb (laughs) yeah and so you had these facts to like counterbalance it and so you push through yeah until you had something to back it up yes and it's interesting because I think that those insecure thoughts I think they're actually serving an important function right Mm -hmm. like if you were and this is something I think a lot about if you were like getting to the edge of a roof you would want your brain to be like, hey, you're getting pretty close to the edge. Watch out. Mm-hmm. It's just in this situation, the edge is a lot farther than we think. Yeah. And we're actually like, if we can continue to take the actions and expose ourselves to these anxiety provoking events, like being able to like go to a networking event with a bunch of other clinicians and have a conversation with them mm-hmm. about what we do yeah about our lives and what we do then we can start to see a different outcome and those outcomes start to shift yeah the way that we see ourselves yeah and I love that you say the way we see ourselves because one of the things the one of the practices I give my clients all the time is go stand in the mirror Mm -hmm. and like tell yourself like with me I would stand in the mirror and tell myself I'm not smart enough Mm-hmm. And you see your perception, like the way you mm-hmm. see yourself in the mirror starts changing. Then yeah. you start changing and you start saying, I am smart. I'm smart. I'm, I'm not only smart enough, I am smart. And you're not going to experience the belief because in your throat, it's going to feel tight. In your chest, it's like, no, we're not. We're not going to go in. We're not going to let you go into the gut to feel like mm-hmm. it feels true. But you're going to stand there and you're going to keep saying it. You're going to keep saying it. You're going to keep saying it. And slowly mm-hmm. you start seeing just the way your eyes are shifting in the way you see yourself changes. Yes. And it's not. And this is one of the things where people are like, well, I'm not going to lie to myself and create a perception of fantasy. Your eye can't do that. <laughs> like, like, 
I can't say, stand in front of there and say, I'm blonde. I'm blonde, by the way, I'm a brunette, so I'm not blonde. But I'm gonna stand in front of the mirror and be like, I'm blonde, I'm blonde, I'm blonde, I'm blonde. My, my eyes are gonna be like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> there is no such thing as blonde looking back at us. Yeah, it's gonna know. It's gonna... <laughs> so you can't like, I think that's the thing where telling yourself you are opposite of your distortion, mm -hmm. you'll see that your eyesight and your perception changes. And, and if, if I keep continuously telling myself I'm not smart and I give into that distortion, which none of my teachers really meant to harm me. Yeah. Um, they just, that was the nineties, man. Honestly, it was, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, you could kind of say whatever you felt like in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. and when you're frustrated with an ADHD kid that keeps pranking you with raw egg and tomatoes <laughs> on your chair, like, I think you'll be like, you're not smart enough. You're never going to make anything. Um, suck up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the perception we, our thoughts play into how we perceive the world. Yes. And when we start to think about, and one of my favorite DBT skills is the like, you know, it's similar to the act thought diffusion, mm -hmm. mindfulness of current thoughts. What would I do if I didn't believe everything I thought? Mm -hmm. What would a not socially anxious person do? Well, they certainly wouldn't stand over a cheese plate for the entire party. <laughs> Especially when they're lactose intolerant and there's only one bathroom. They wouldn't do that. No. No, they would not. Yeah. You really got to radically accept your lactose intolerant, man. <laughs> On next week's episode. <laughs> Radical acceptance of Lawrence. <laughs> no, um, yeah. And I think this is the thing that we all are going to have insecurities insecurities at different phases and different mm -hmm. stages of our life because as we keep going we hear things and people say things or we experience things that start creating in insecurities insecurities are not a negative thing yes i think the other thing is i hear so many people and i've heard this from my family and friends too where when they're in a relationship or they're frustrated with a the person, they're like, oh my gosh, she's just so insecure. Oh my God, he's so insecure. And it's it's like this bad rep mm -hmm. of being insecure. You should not be insecure. You should be a very confident human being. It's just a matter of what we do with it. Yeah. Because, yeah, you can have insecurities. Of course, I have a whole host of them. Mm -hmm. But it's whether or not I use them to define my behavior. Yes. And my next steps. Mm -hmm. And justify it. Um, so for today, I think we're out of time. Damn, yeah. that went fast. I know. It went very fast. Yes. So what, actually what we want to point out, if you have any questions or comments, um, especially questions, we had a couple of questions from the last episode. We took a break because Lauren was on vacation and I'm not doing this by myself. She's my partner. <laughs> I got to wait for my partner to show up. Um, and we're also learning how to do this. Yes. So we didn't know how to do the Zoom FaceTime thing. That's too much technology for kids from the 90s. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but my point is, write down your questions. 
Um, every fifth episode, we're going to do a Q&A and answer all the questions that have come up from all the previous episodes. So feel free to write anything. Please write your comments about what you think. Um, be non-judgmental and express yourself. We are not mad at that. And it, it was a pleasure. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Happy Thursday, guys. Thank you.